This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Shut up and sit down. It is our Breakfast with Ben's Hockey Podcast with Brian Metzer of the Pittsburgh Penguins Radio Network. Metz is on intermissions, post-game, Penns Live Weekly on Saturdays. So Metz, first and foremost, let's get to the most obvious question of the day. How do you think... Fire Faulkner will sound at PPG Paints Arena in a couple weeks. <laughs> it might sound beautiful, Tim. You know what I would rather them do, though? And I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up. They should sing happy birthday to the great Tim Benz. <laughs> so happy birthday to you, my friend. But I, I think the uh, the chance may diversify a little bit as we move into the uh, – into the rest of the season here, but boy, those Penguins fans know how to get it going. Well, they are going to have to chant fire Faulkner because fire Sullivan might get a little confusing. Then again, <laughs> they, they might mean it by a couple months from now. I don't know. Hey, there were times this season where I, I heard an underswell of hope that people were going that direction. Those chants almost started and then they went out West and kind of changed that around. But I think that the, it, it's so weird. You go day to day. The chant could start today. It would end tomorrow because that's what we saw. They lost to New Jersey and Carolina, and they wanted to fire Sully and all the players. And now they beat Vegas, and they're the best team in the league again. By the way, back to your point about it being my birthday. How about Matt Canada getting fired on my birthday so I got an extra column dropped in my lap? <laughs> you know what, Tim? Some things just uh, are gifts to you know all of Pittsburgh. But a, gi- a gift to Pittsburgh you. is also my <laughs> burden. So there you go. My column will be a gift to Pittsburgh on my birthday. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. You, mentioned, you mentioned what they did against Vegas and sort of the tone change. Yeah, because there's something to that, Mets, insofar as they won five in a row to help tamp down the concern about their really bad October. And then they lost two division games against the Devils and against the Carolina Hurricanes, two teams that are important to beat that they never beat. Uh, the Devils, they just tend to look bad against Jersey, which was the case again this time around. And Carolina, I know it was an empty net goal, but my God, it's like a one-score game essentially anytime they play the Hurricanes. And they lose. Yeah. This is the fifth time yeah. in a row that it's happened. Although, like I said, not technically a one-goal game, but still a one-goal game in the third nonetheless. Yeah, you're right. It's always a one-goal game against Carolina. And Sully was really adamant and kind of perturbed with the questioning that night. And he was, it was a one-goal game. It was one goal. Well, it's always one goal, Mike. It's always one goal, and you're always on the wrong end of it. And the Penguins almost always have a lead in that game at some point before it slips away as well. When they had the one-goal lead, Tim, I'm sitting there. I said it in the studio when we were sitting up at the the iHeartRadio studios saying that, you know, this game, if the Penguins don't get another goal, Carolina's going to take it away from them in the third period. And that's essentially what happened. And it happens that way every single time. So the Devils and Carolina are their kryptonite. They both possess the puck well. They both play fast. I think New Jersey could be one of the fastest teams in the league now, and that exposed a lot of flaws in the Penguins once again, as you know happens almost every time they play a fast-skating team. Then Carolina, just with their physical forwards, I know the Penguins have weathered physicality pretty well this year, but the way they just go in and they forecheck and they create opportunities and turnovers and attack through the neutral zone, it seems to cause the Penguins havoc. And you got to find some way to beat both of those teams because if you do get yourself into the playoffs and fancy yourself a Stanley Cup contender. I don't envision a way to the cup that doesn't involve beating at least one of those two teams based on how things shake out. You know, looking back at what they failed to accomplish in October versus some of the better times that they've had here in November, uh, I feel justified in a lot of the criticism I was giving to the stars at the time, Mets, because as we pointed out in this podcast, a point that I've tried to make going all the way back to March and April of last year for as much praise as we want to throw at the feet of the core three. And when things go bad, it's often because they don't finish and they're the ones getting most of the ice time. Well, you know, they've started to finish. Crosby's gotten hot. Uh, Malkin stayed good. Carlson's picked it up from time to time. You know, like there is a direct correlation between the stars finishing and when they win. You're exactly right. Uh, They have to kind of carry the load here. Now, it was refreshing to see in the last game a couple of secondary scorers break through. Those guys have to contribute a little bit more. I think they've been fine. The third line specifically has been one of the Penguins' best lines all season. If they could finish a little bit more often, I think they would probably start to get some recognition around the league. But minus that, the big guys have to score goals. And I don't, you know what the biggest albatross in the room right now is, Tim? What the heck are you going to do with Ricard Raquel? I know the guy is out there trying and he's shooting the puck, etc. But he has no he has no goals now in 17 games. He has four assists. I think a number of those are probably secondary. He's a minus two. He looks to be a shell of the guy that they decided needed a, a extension here in Pittsburgh. So if I were Kyle Dubas and things start to go a little south and I need to tinker with getting a bottom six guy that could maybe put the puck in the net, Ricard Raquel's maybe a name I consider dangling out there in some sort of trade conversation to bring that in now would somebody want him i don't know but for me that's the biggest problem in your top six because everybody else as you just mentioned is pulling their weight and boy 
how fun has it been to watch Sidney Crosby play hockey? I know the other guys are, are doing really well as you know, on top of him, but Sid at 36, I, I don't know. I know I've heard a couple other people say this in the city, Tim. Does he look different to you now than he did at 26? He really doesn't to me, which is amazing. I don't think he's scoring off the rush. I don't think his burst is what it was back then. But sure. I yep. think, you know, his strength, his puck control beneath the goal line, um, you know, his skating skills every bit are as much what they were if, if he's not going at quite the rate of speed. And his deft hands around the net might be even better. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and you know what? When you look at him with those tips, that you know what? And I've been wanting to, I was waiting all week to talk to you about this. What was it about the tip goal that we've seen probably a hundred times in Sid's career? I know I'm um, exaggerating a little bit, but he's done it multiple times. He, he clearly intends to do it. He practices it. That game against Columbus had everybody realizing suddenly that Sidney Crosby is still a good hockey player. And I was sitting there scratching my head. Even people in Pittsburgh, Tim, were like, man, this guy, Sidney Crosby, might be pretty good. Uh, you know, I'm surprised that he's scoring goals like that. I think the biggest thing that has helped him is with Chris Letang still being here, but now you've added Eric Carlson. There's another player that can feed him those passes in an area that allows him to make plays like that. I don't think they had a defenseman minus Chris Letang who was capable of it since Sergei Gonchar left. Sarge used to feed him like crazy right along the goal line. And that, that run to the Stanley Cup in 09, I feel like that year he did it a, a number of times, scoring those kinds of goals. But to your point, his hands look so much better. Uh, I think he is even smarter, if that's possible, in terms of hockey sense and the way he reads and reacts than he was even before, which helps him offset the skating that you mentioned, that little bit of a lack of burst. He maybe doesn't have that. But to have 12 goals in 17 games, I mean, he's kind of on pace for a 50-goal season at age 36 which would be remarkable. And it has a lot of people kind of speculating now, if he does continue to be this unicorn as he ages, that he's able to play at a high level and a point per game click, maybe he could put in another, you know, three to five years and make a run at number two all time in terms of scoring, which he would only need under 400 points to do so. I think when I last checked, it was something like 397 to get to number two all time or 90, uh, 98, maybe. So if he does that, boy, he would really put a, a nice cherry on top of his career. But that's that's a ways off into the future uh, with health being a concern and all these other things. I, I don't know that he'll be able to do it, but it's fun to dream. Back to Ricard Raquel. And again, Brian Metzer joining us from the Penguins Radio Network. You know, I'm starting to hear the cliche thrown around, he's dragging that line down. <laughs> is he? I mean, or is he just not scoring? And you know the difference. Oh, Yeah. Um, I, I like, are there metrics hard. to suggest that he's not doing other things well that are, that are hurting Malkin's line? I would say that there are times where he probably isn't shooting the puck the way that we saw him shoot before. Um, if you look up and down at his game log, there were like in the game against Vegas, no shots. He did have four against Carolina, but just one against the devils. He put two up against Columbus and Buffalo, just one against the Kings. He had a little burst between Anaheim, San Jose, and uh, Anaheim where he put up 16 shots on goal, but that answered two back-to-back -back games without a shot. So I think for me, I just don't see him shooting as much as he was in the past. And what's odd about it is those games where he has no shot, he's not even getting attempts. It's not as if they're all getting blocked or, or going wide. 
his his shot productivity is very very much down and i've just been joking about this i think i told you the story last year that brian burke when he was still a member of the organization told all the radio affiliates at a meeting we had that oh well ricard raquel came in here and he he, he had kind of lost some muscle tone and all of this because his wife had him on a vegan diet and we got him back on meat and uh we feel like that that really got him going in the last season and a half here so I think that's why you're seeing a difference. So maybe he got off the meat again, Tim, and uh, maybe that's impacting his game because it's a head scratcher because he doesn't even look like he is the same player in terms of hockey sense, uh, his defensive prowess, all the little things he used to do well. I thought maybe they were there early in the season, but there's many nights I just don't even notice him. So I don't think he's pulling the line down so much because the other uh, Riley Smith and Evgeny Malkin are still performing usually. It's just he's just out there going through the motions, even when he's knocked down to the third line for a couple periods like he was the other night. So how do you get around that? Do you put Eller up on the left wing long term? Do you have O'Connor then go to the third line center since he's allegedly a better center anyway? What, what do you think is the best fix to get around Raquel's lack of production? I wonder if maybe they at some point here find a way to have you know, somebody go on injured reserve or sit out. Maybe uh, Jeff Carter has some sort of injury or one of those other depth forwards does. And you find a way to bring up Colin White, finally, who does have some goal scoring history. If you look back in, over the course of his career, I know he never really scored the way that people anticipated he would when he came in. But he is a, a higher a higher tiered offensive player than maybe some of your other bot, bottom six forwards. He's capable of playing maybe wing in the top six. He was a center. He could play on your third line. Maybe he gets a look. Maybe uh, Redeem Zahorna gets elevated again like he did the other night and one of those other players comes in. And let's not forget the fact that Alex Nylander is still in the organization and Mike Sullivan seemed to like him, as does Kyle Dubas. If he can show that he has built the consistency in, maybe he comes up. But the biggest problem is the Penguins, this is why they've done so much manipulation in terms of moving bodies over the last few weeks. Their cap situation does not allow the flexibility based on how he has filled all of that space with with uh, people that are currently on the roster, it's not as if you can just call up a player and, and give them a game. They've got to get creative, which is, you know, see you see Harkins get called up for, you know, essentially a day and go right back down, even though it was hours apart between the announcement. Uh, we saw them manipulated a little bit with the goaltenders, with Hinnestroza, et cetera. Uh, I don't think that they will move Eller off the third line because they love that third line so much right now. So I think maybe... Uh, that they find a way to manipulate in terms of bringing one of those guys up to give him a look if Raquel does not start to find a way to break through. And maybe he does put himself out of the lineup for a night because of it. I, I don't know that we've hit that point yet, but he's got. it's got to be in the back of Sully's mind that I've got to consider making a change there just simply based on the fact that he's been so unproductive. Brian Metzer, Pittsburgh Penguins Radio Network. Shouldn't Adelkovich start against the Rangers? I'd put him in uh, just based on what we saw from from Tristan Jari. I, I think that Nedeljkovic is riding a wave right now. Uh, he was a very good goaltender in his rookie year for the Carolina Hurricanes. He won the Calder Cup in that organization. I think he stagnated a little bit when he went to Detroit because they thought they were probably a little further ahead than they really were when they acquired him to be the starter. Then last year they brought Huso in and kind of you know knocked him down the depth chart. So he's kind of been stunted in his development a little bit. But he always looked like he was on track to maybe be a starting goalie in the National Hockey League. And maybe the Penguins found themselves a little bit of a diamond in the rough here. At least somebody that could play a little bit more often than the standard backup goaltender. When he's gotten in this season, he's looked pretty darn good. 
He was outstanding against the Golden Knights, uh, even though he wore a Miles Garrett jersey in the locker room, which uh, was that took some cojones, as they say, Tim. I, I, I loved it. I thought that was interesting to go out and do that, and everybody had fun with it. Well, what but- I liked about it was people were asking him questions, and he wasn't even – he was – kind of ignoring the questions, kind of like, oh, what are you talking about? Oh, this old thing. When he actually <laughs> left the room to go put it on for crying out loud. He's yep, like, oh, yeah, yep. I'm wearing my Miles Garrett jersey. I I almost forgot for a second. Um, it- No, but, you know, I, I got to say one thing about that before we get into the extra, uh, actual goaltending talk some more because yeah. you did bring up the, the jersey thing. Some of the pushback from Penguins fans on posts on social media to Steelers fans who were offended – by him wearing the Miles Garrett jersey. I mean, like, I'm like you. I thought it was funny. It was a good laugh. He's from Parma for crying out loud, all right? So yep. let's, let's have fun and not take life too seriously. So, you know, for Steelers fans who were offended by it, I would suggest loosening up. But for <laughs> Penguin fans to push back on that, picture, if you will, Mets, it's game one of the Eastern Conference <laughs> final against the Boston Bruins. It's mini camp for the Steelers and Pat Fryermuth conducts interviews outside of his locker in a Boston Bruins Jersey. <laughs> Pat Fryermuth from, I, I believe it's Hingham, Massachusetts, maybe wherever he's from in Massachusetts. Yeah. Big Boston sports fan. Let's say he puts on a Bruins cap and a throwback Bobby Orr Jersey or, you know, a, 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 a Pasternak Jersey. My God. How Penguin fans would react to that? Oh, they would hate it. They still haven't gotten over Cower and the and the hurricane siren for Christ's sake, and they're <laughs> acting like Steelers fans shouldn't be upset that the guy was wearing a Miles Garrett jersey. It's the same thing, people. Like, who do you think you're fooling here? You know. Yeah, all I remember about Cower on the horn. Tim is the fact that I feel like that's one of the first times I noticed those giant new choppers. Yes. Well, that's, uh, that's definitely <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind. Absolutely. I mean, there was quite the glare there, you know, and I, I could think of only one thing, the famous Mr. Ed, but anyway. Um, so when you look at, at this situation, you're exactly right. People would lose their minds. I feel like people get lose mad their Pat, mind. I, well, it's not like he wore any other Brown. He wore the most hated Brown too in Pittsburgh, meaning, Got a guy that's constantly coming up in conversation in regard to the Steelers. People think that, you know, he gets all this spotlight over TJ Watt, etc. So it was an extra thumb in the eye, if you ask me. And uh, what was funny is I got text messages from my own household saying, what an idiot. <laughs> so not every person was thrilled with seeing it. Uh, At least Steelers- he restrained from, you know, ripping the helmet look. off of one of the Vegas <laughs> Golden Knights and bashing <laughs> his opponent with his own helmet. Yeah, I, I just thought it. I mean, it definitely took some some gumption and nerve to do. You got a little chuckle over it, but I I don't know that it's going to be welcomed for you know many many times to go out and wear a Cleveland uh, Browns no, jersey. I, I think it was any Pittsburgh pro locker room, no matter what team it is. I think it was a one off, but uh, any, yeah. anyway. So would you see in football parlance since we've gone here, Mets? <laughs> would you like to see more of a carry share between him and Jari like we're seeing between Najee and Jalen Warren? Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see them share the carries a little bit. Uh, let Ned give up the clipboard a little more often and, and you take some snaps. You could use that one as well. Uh, but for me, he's still the guy that went out and went 15-5-0 for the Carolina Hurricanes in 2021. He had a 1.9 goals against that season, a 932 save percentage, 
Both of those numbers, we have not seen a Penguins goaltender have, and and I don't even know when. And if they do, it's usually for weeks at a time. That even right now through three starts is still at only two goals against the 944 save percentage with the shutout. So I, I don't know that he would supplant the starter right now. They definitely want to give Tristan Jari the chance. Mike Sullivan's still been pretty glowing in his praise of Tristan. But that, you know, when you look at it, I thought his answer the other night, Tim, was kind of telling. He didn't come right out and say Tristan's going to start or Alex is going to start. He says it's too soon to determine that. In other words, I'm still thinking about it. And based on tonight, what we saw, meaning Mike Sullivan, I think he would probably lean, if he treats it like he treats every other aspect of his lineup, where we don't tinker if it's coming off of a win, I would not be shocked to see Nadelkovich get the start against the New York Rangers at home on Thanksgiving Eve. Now, many wouldn't be shocked to see Tristan in, but I, I, I just have a, a little bit of an inkling. I feel like Nadelkovich gets the start. And hopefully he doesn't soil the linens because then everyone will be like, see, they should have started Tristan. How many points do they get out of Thanksgiving weekend against the Rangers, Sabres, and Leafs? Oh, boy. Um, well, they tend to do better than we anticipate and sometimes worse than we anticipate, depending on the opponents. When you look at this as being three, well, two quality opponents in the Sabres that are kind of tweeners, I could see them finding a way to beat the Rangers on home ice, even though the Rangers are just playing so well right now, but it will be just kind of like they did against Vegas. So we'll give them two there. I say they're going to struggle with the Sabres, so we'll say I'll give them an outright loss there. I'm going to say three points out of the three games because Toronto maybe will win in overtime with Alex Nylander coming in. and uh, <laughs> or the, Not not Alex, uh, William Nylander, keeping a streak alive and scoring a huge winning goal against the Penguins. I'll go that deep. I'll give you a Paul Steigerwald like uh, prediction there, Tim. I'm going to make a prediction, Tim. Nylander scores the game winner in overtime against Toronto. Penguins, three points through the weekend. I'm with you. I get I get my Nylanders confused sometimes, too. All right, Mets. <laughs> have yourself a good Thanksgiving. Uh, sorry. Have yourself a good American Thanksgiving, Mets. Well, and we'll see who's in the playoffs that day because, boy, we all know that determines it all, right, Tim? Why play the rest of the season? Because who's <laughs> in the playoffs on Thanksgiving, that ends up being what it ends up being. So, yeah, you have a great American Thanksgiving as well, but you have an even better rest of your birthday today after you get that writing done. In my world, my birthday is Canada Day. All right, Mets, thanks. <laughs> we'll do it again next week. Get the red, get the red and white flying high. Brian Metzer, Pittsburgh Penguins Radio Network. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.